0: Here is Dr. Arnold with today's message.
1: When you love the Lord, then you love that which God loves. And if you love the Lord, then you hate what God hates, and God hates sin. So loving the Lord is the biggest motivating factor in a person's life. The law produced Fear. Because now I've got to keep the law. And if I don't keep the law, that's a sign that I wasn't really saved. Because that's what the Calvinists would teach. See, Calvinism today is the same as what was taught by these legalistic Judaizers 2,000 years ago. It's no difference. Different little wording, but it means the same thing. So you stay away from Calvinistic teaching. Now look at the next statement. Number seven there, Paul says to the Colossians, in Colossians chapter 2, verse 16 to 23... Even the Jewish people were told to forget the law as a means for salvation and as a means to spirituality. You're not spiritual just because you don't do certain things. Because that is a walk and an attitude you have between you and the Lord. Mind the spirit and you'll be spiritually minded. Mind the flesh, you'll be fleshly minded. So you've got two births, two minds. So as a child of God, you can either mind what God says or the will of the flesh. And so these choices that you have. And that's why Calvinism cannot work because Calvinism does not believe that you can have, well, these two births. They don't believe that you have these two different natures. Therefore, they don't believe that you can have a, and be a carnal Christian. So they'll teach against being a carnal Christian because you're either lost Or you're spiritual. And if you're saved. Then you cannot be lost. And if you're saved. You cannot be carnal. Because that means you. Well what are you doing with this old sinful nature. And therefore because now you are saved. You are going to persevere. In the faith. That means you're going to automatically. You're going to serve the Lord. And if you don't automatically serve God. Then that was a sign. You're not really saved. So you have got to start all over again. And how many times people got? Well, I got to start over again. In other words, I wasn't really saved, so I got to get really saved this time. Oh, I got to really mean business this time. And there's a lot of evangelists that preach that. Up there in Athens, Georgia, there was the uh, church, and it was the uh, let's see the first uh, Baptist church there. And I used to know the preacher, but after a while, I don't remember him. But they used to be uh, the Prince Avenue Baptist Church, and. Um, they had a, an evangelist come in. And this evangelist got up there and he preached and he ripped and snorted and, and empowered and pounded the pulpit and, all. and next thing you know, he got half their deacon board saved. He got some of the Sunday school teachers saved. And he got half the people in the church saved. And uh, because now they really got saved because he's, if you're really saved, you won't be watching TV. And if you're really saved, you don't go to movies. If you're really saved, you don't drink. If you're really saved, you don't smoke. And if you're really saved... And you will go to church, and you will read your Bible, and you will give if you're really saved. Well, here's people sitting there saying, well, I must not be saved. Because what does it do? Causes people to doubt their salvation. And that's what this kind of teaching can do. Because it's legalism. It's putting people under the law, which means you must perform, or that's a sign you're not really saved. And if you're not really saved, you better get saved. This time you got to really mean it and try harder. No, it's by grace. It's free. It's free. You don't have to do anything. You mean a person can trust Christ as Savior, have eternal life, and not have to go to church? Of course. You don't have to go to church to go to heaven. And you don't have to do anything to go to heaven. Because it's, it's free. And people can't believe that God gives people this choice. But that's exactly what he does. He gives choice. So look down at the bottom of your page. Liberty means freedom. Jesus Christ freed all men from the bondage of the law, but not all men will respond. They choose to stay in prison. See, some people accept the payment Christ made, and they go free. Some people remain in prison because they refuse to accept the pardon that God's already made for them. And they can reject it. And so the payment Christ made is not put to their account because they refuse to believe it. So they remain in prison. They're a lost man. They were born in sin. They live in sin, and they will die in sin. But when you trust Christ as Savior, God has made you free from that prison and set you free. That's what the word redeemed means, to be made free, paid for your sin, and set free. So now I am free to serve God. But God gave me a choice. And this is why it's so important. So look there at number two at the bottom of the page. Liberty frees from the law. It is used in contrast to the concept of slavery. Remember, what is the meaning of redeemed? To purchase a slave for the purpose of setting him free. That little phrase, you ought to underline that. Because it might come in handy if you ever had to take the test. Now look at the next statement. Letter B. Why be entangled with the yoke of bondage? Why do you want to do that? Why would you want to go back and be underneath the law? Did the other apostles in Jerusalem... Did they put people underneath the Old Testament law? No, they did not. So take your Bible and let's just look at it real quick. Look there in the book of Acts in chapter 15. The book of Acts in chapter 15. This is on page 1169 in a church Bible. But chapter 15 and look there in verse 7. There had come up a dispute. Do you take these Christians and put them underneath the Jewish law? Well, they had the Jewish law for 1,500 years and never kept it. And it was nothing but a burden to them. So he says in verse 7, and when there had been much disputing, Peter rose up and he said unto them, men and brethren, ye know how that a good while ago God made choice among us. That the Gentiles, and that's those that are not Jewish, Gentiles, by my mouth, should hear the word of the gospel and keep the Ten Commandments and all the law and give, you know, 50% to Calvary Community Church. No, hear the word of the gospel and do what? Believe, that's all. And God, which knoweth the hearts, bear them witness, giving them the Holy Ghost, even as he did another. Does God know who believes and who doesn't believe? Now, we can fool each other, but can you fool God? (laughs) No. So he says in verse 9, And put no difference between us and them, Jews and Gentiles, no difference. Purifying their hearts by faith, not by the law. Jewish people had the law. The nation of Israel had been given the law. But nobody ever kept the law in order to be saved. So if nobody ever could keep the law in order to be saved, why do you want to take Gentiles who can be saved by faith and faith alone and put them under the law so say, you've got to keep the law to be saved? Why do you hate them? You didn't do it. So he says in verse 10, Now therefore, why tempt ye God to put a yoke upon the neck of the disciples? Because that's what the law does. When you tell people they have to be good to go to heaven, you just put a yoke of iron upon their neck. Now they have to perform and carry this burden and perform. And if they don't live right, then that law will destroy them. Now, is that freedom? No, that's not freedom. And it doesn't give them any salvation. Why? Because nobody can be saved by their works. So he says here, neither our fathers nor we were able to bear. We nor our fathers, since the law was given, ever kept the law in order to be saved. Now look what it says in verse 11. But we believe that through the, what's that next word? Grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved, even as they. The Jews would be saved just like the Gentiles, by grace. You mean it's free. Because if it's by grace, it cannot be by works. And if it's by works, it cannot be by grace. And therefore, Romans chapter 11 and verse 6 states that very, very clearly. Now, look at number three at the bottom of the page. Liberty is only liberty if a man has a free will to choose. Liberty is founded upon free will. It presumes that there can be a choice. Now, look at page two. Page two. And you'll notice at the top of the page, liberty establishes the free will to choose. Now, Calvinism removes free will From man. For example, here's all the world. There's the world right here. And I'm God. And I'm gonna choose Bob to go to heaven. I'll choose uh, Warren to go to heaven. And uh, I'll even choose uh, uh, Bo over there to go to heaven. And uh, well, I'll choose her to go to heaven. And uh, I'll choose her to go to heaven. And well, the rest of you can go to hell. Now, see, you didn't have to choose. Because I chose for you. So you didn't choose anything. Now, the only way they're going to be saved, because i got to save them, and then give them the Holy Spirit so that they'll believe. So salvation comes first before they ever believe. That's backwards. And the rest of you, it won't matter what you do, you can't be saved because I didn't choose you. You see, that's because of the predestination of God. And the sovereignty of God. In other words, I can do anything I want. And is it wrong for me to choose ten of you to go to heaven before all of you are going to hell? Now ten are going to heaven. Aren't you glad? Isn't this wonderful? That's okay if if you're one of the ones that he chose. But what if he, you're not one of those that he chose? Now see, and then there's pressure upon the ten that I chose for this reason. How do they know I really chose them? Well, they don't know for sure I chose them. They just believe I chose them. But they got to prove that I chose them by persevering in the faith because, I mean, I'm not going to save anybody and then let them just live any way they want to live. Because of the sovereignty of God. And the rest of y'all, you don't even have a choice. So you did not have a choice about going to hell. And the ones that I chose, well, they didn't have a choice about going to heaven. So that is a wrong teaching. That's Calvinism. It's not worth a quarter. It's not in the Bible. And it's satanic. It's wicked. So, see, the Calvinists say this. And we, we, we teach, God in his sovereignty chose to give man a free will. Well, see, they said, well, then you can't do that. Because that means that man can defy God. And if he does against the will of God, then he might do something that's not the will of God. Then everything can't be the will of God. And if God doesn't have his will done in everybody's life, then God can't be in charge. Because he can't be sovereign if he gives man a free will. Because you can choose to disobey. Well, did God give us a free will or not? You look at the scripture, whosoever believeth, that's a choice. You can choose to believe. This is what these scriptures are talking about. You have a choice now. After you trust Christ as Savior, you can walk in the spirit, spiritual birth. You can walk in the flesh, flesh birth. And whichever one you decide, there are results, there's consequences. There is the works of the flesh, works of the flesh, and they're bad. And there's the fruit of the spirit, and they're good. So don't be deceived. God is not mocked whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. But see, they try to now everything's the will of God. It's almost it's almost like the religion of Islam. Everything that happens, Allah wills it. Allah wills it. It's the will of Allah. Bow, I just shot my wife. It's the will of Allah. Because you can't go against God. So whatever you did must have been the will of God. That's nuts. So you don't believe that. So in this one statement here at the top of the page, Calvinists wrestle with the concept of man's free will and God's sovereignty. They cannot see how the free will of man can be more powerful than God or the Calvinistic God. Because God can't give man a free will because that makes man able to make choices contrary to God. Then man becomes mightier than God. No, God has laid down some um, consequences to our decisions. Can God allow you to make the decisions and then God give you according to your decision? Can you decide to live in sin? Yes, you can decide to live in sin. But God can determine what kind of punishment he's going to give to you because of your choice. So can you live as you please? You can live as you please. And God is free. To bring into your life the consequences of your choices. There's nothing wrong with God doing this. Look at number six. Liberty in Christ allows for profit. That means to get more and better decisions down the road. The reason we learn and study from the Word of God is so we can have greater judgment and discernment and making better decisions because we want better results in our life. Because I wanted God to bless my life, then I have to live in such a way that we can produce God's blessings. I also know that my heavenly father who loves me, that if I disobey him because he loves me, he's going to chasten my life. And God is free to chasten me or take me home before my time. Well, since I know the Lord and I have been whooped before from my earthly father, I know what whoopings are like. This is why today we're ruining kids because they can do whatever they want to do and no consequences. And so they believe they can do the same thing with God and no consequences. But there are consequences, and some of them will learn the hard way. Now, number seven is a very important point I want to bring out here. Liberty reveals God's love. Greater love hath no man than choosing to lay down his life for his friends. Now, that's what he's talking about. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life. But it's got to be a choice because it has to reveal that the man voluntarily chose to lay down his life for his friends. Not because of a law that made you do it. Because if it was a law that made you do it, it cannot reveal your love for the person that you did it for. If you had to do it without choice. Look at the next statement. Kids. Kids is the only thing God has to make an adult out of. Isn't that a shame? Wish There was something else you could make an adult out of. But Always comes from kids. But look at the statement. The rules don't make them love you. You set rules because you love them. When children are born into the family, you can tell them all you want to. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Give me a hug. Give me a hug. Give me a hug. Kiss me. Kiss me. Bye. And they can do that. But you lay down the law to kids and you give them rules and regulations. You tell them what they can and they cannot do. Why? Because the kids don't know. It's like being under the law. But you know the day will come when you feel like they're mature enough and you back off and you let them make their own decision and accept the consequences of their own decisions. Isn't that what causes sometimes teenagers to want to leave home? Why? So they want to make their own decisions, do their own thing. They want to do things contrary. They want to do what they want to do without mom and dad always telling them what they can and cannot do. Isn't that true? And that why you did it? And yet at the same time, they don't mind it if you'll make the right decisions on your own. But you see, you have to know what it is to suffer consequences. So when kids are young, when kids come to college, we don't have any rules and regulations. <laughs> Wait, slow down. Yes, we do. Why? Because we love you. And we want you to obey the rules and regulations until you learn how to do it. Without the rules and regulations. When you get it into your mind. I can do this because I love the consequences of doing right. I want to do it because I'm mature enough to know this will hurt me. And this will help me. And you can make better decisions. And this is why this is so important. Now, letter C, verse 2 down at the bottom. Christ shall profit you nothing. Nothing. Christ will profit you nothing. That is, if you're trusting anything other than Christ alone. You see that verse that we have mentioned here? Letter A, Romans eleven six. 6. If by grace, no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, and it cannot be by grace, otherwise work is no more work. In other words, you're saved by grace, you're saved by work, it can't be both ways. Salvation cannot be free, but you've got to earn it. This doesn't work that way. When Christ died for me, he didn't make a payment up until the time I believe, and now i got to make payments. You know, like getting health insurance? Isn't it generally that you've got to make monthly payments? That means if you stop making the payments, you lose your what? Uh, you lose your insurance. Oh. So if you've got to make payments by being good. So your good works become payments to keep your salvation. And when you stop making those payments, you're going to lose your salvation. But it's free. Then you know it's not free if you've got to keep making payments on it. When Christ made a payment, that payment he made was was good for how long? Forever. And so I don't have any payments to make, any good works to do in order to keep my salvation. But when you put a person under the law and given salvation, saying it's got to be by your works, then you're telling you've got to make payments. And if you don't make those payments by doing those good deeds and stopping those bad things, uh, then, uh, well, you, you've, you've lost your salvation. God has taken it away from you. That is not the Bible. That is wrong. So there is this thing of profit. in our life. Now look at page 3, top of the page. Verse 3, if that's what you choose, then you just obligated yourself to have kept the entire law. In other words, if you're going to be circumcised to be saved, which is what they were trying to do to these Galatian Christians. So you got to be circumcised. Okay, and what are you going to do about the women? And if you've got to be circumcised to be saved, that means you've got to put people under the law. Well, if you're going to put them under the law, then you got to put them under the whole law. You can't pick and choose the law. You've got to put them under the ceremonial law, sacrificial laws, and the moral law. All the law. And doesn't the Bible say somewhere you can keep the whole law, get offended in one point, and you're guilty of how many? Guilty of all of them. Why? Because the payment for one sin that you break, one law that you break is death. So how many laws do you have to break in order to die? Just One. So that's why you say it doesn't matter if you do admit one sin or a million sin, the result is the same, death, separation from God. Now, Calvinism takes away man's choice. Now, I just want to show you this. I've got just a minute. I want to show you this. 1 Timothy chapter 1. Look at this very quickly in your Bible. 1 Timothy chapter 1. And look in verse 7. This is on page 1274 in an old Schofield reference Bible. 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. There are th- always those who seem to be more spiritual, but their spirituality is they're trying to put you under the law. In verse 7, desiring to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say nor whereof they are from. In other words, they don't know what they're talking about. And then in verse 8, but we know that the law is good if a man use it lawfully. Well, the way to use the law is to convince a person that they're sinners because the law demands perfection. So the law wasn't made for a righteous man. The law was made for a bad man. So when they're saying putting you back under the law, they're saying God didn't do a good job saving you and paying for all of your sins. You got to be put back because you're bad. You're bad. Now, you need to be good by keeping the law. And so when you read the rest of this down through here, you'll see that it's talking about how blessed we are to have this glorious gospel, this gospel of... Perfect. See, look at verse 11. According to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, that's the perfect message that can make a man perfect. The law cannot make you perfect. The law just makes you make payments and condemns you when you don't do it right. But grace, God will give you eternal life as a gift. And it's the perfect gospel. Because see, the gospel that we preach, if it does not make you perfect at that moment, then it doesn't do anything for you. Because I trust Christ as my Savior. Am I good to go now? Well, not yet. Okay, Now? No, 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 no. you still got a few things to stop. Now? No, you gotta, you got to do this. And, this and this. When I trusted Christ as my Savior when I was 18 years old, that very moment I was ready to go. Why? Because I was made perfect in Christ. He gave me his righteousness. That very moment. And God can never take away his righteousness. He can never make me unperfect in my new birth. Because see, I have two births. Flesh, when I was born in the world. Spirit, when I was born in God's family. This one doesn't have a sinful nature because it's born of God. God doesn't have a sinful nature. So I'm good to go. That very moment. And the law cannot improve that. And so don't let somebody say, you got to, by the flesh, keep the law now. No, that's that's heresy. And that's not what God's Word has to say. But now anyway, the rest of these verses down through here are very good, but you need to read these notes, every one of them, and you'd be surprised how it can open up the Scriptures. And that's what it does. Look up here. This hand representing you and me, and the wallet represents sin. Now, all of us have sinned. And because we have all sinned, We're all condemned because the wages of sin is death. So, since we've all sinned, committed sin, we have to pay for it, and that's why we're guilty. So, no man can save himself. He can't deliver himself from this condemnation because he's under the law. The law condemns to death. So, that's why we all die. So, the flesh birth can't save itself. So, God says he loves us, wants us to go to heaven, but to go to heaven, we got to be perfect as righteous as God. None of us are perfect. None of us are righteous. We're all sinners. And so God says you cannot save yourself. Your good works cannot save you. And one of the reasons is because you don't have any. All of our righteousness are as filthy rags. There is none good, no not one. There's none righteous, not, not one. No man has ever lived good enough to save himself. Now this hand represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord God in the flesh. Came into the world. Why? Because he loves us, hates our sin. Because our sin separates us from the Lord. So Jesus Christ Took all the sin of all the world. Paid for it on the cross. Came back from the dead. And says the only thing he wanted you me to do is believe he did it for us. So when I believe he did it for me, he puts his payment to my account. And I have a payment for all of my sins. Now the reason I can't go to hell today, I don't have any sins to pay for it. The reason I can't go to hell in the future, I still don't have any sins to pay for it. He paid for my sins. All of them. And he gives me as a free gift everlasting life. And so that's why he says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, go to hell, but have everlasting life. And that's why you can know that you're going to heaven. Know that you have eternal life. And he says, these things have I written unto you that believe, that you may know you have eternal life. Now, if you don't believe it, then you can't know you're going to heaven. But if you'll accept it as a gift, you can know that you're going to heaven because it's free. I'm getting where I like this message more and more. Let's pray, shall we? Every head bound, every eye closed, no one looking around. You that are watching by internet and you that are here in the auditorium, if you've never really trusted Christ as your Savior, don't you think this would be an ideal time? Today is the day of salvation because you may not have tomorrow. This may be your last moment, your last chance. And wouldn't it be a shame to reject this free gift, this free gift, and wind up in hell for all eternity when you could have gone to heaven? So if you're making this decision to trust Christ as your Savior right now, right where you are, just in your own mind, Lord, I believe that you did this for me. And right now I will trust you as my Savior. And friends, if you're making that decision, I'd like to know and I'd like to have prayer for you. Would you just slip your hand up very quickly and put it right back down? Anyone at all before we close? you've already trusted Christ as Savior, you never have to do it again. But if you've never done so, do it right now. You that are watching by internet, right on the screen says, yes, I'll trust Christ as my Savior. I pray that you will. Father, we thank you again for your blessings. Thank you for this time together and for the opportunity you've given us to study the book of Galatians. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
0: Have you ever heard that faith without works is dead? Or have you ever read James chapter 2? Does your faith produce good works? Some teach that if you don't serve the Lord, you're not saved. Is that true or false? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book. Or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316,
1: Tampa, Florida, 33634 Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound and we will be changed, caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day believing that the Lord is coming soon and just keep looking up.
0: Amazing grace amazes me.